Amen. That's a blessing. Praise the Lord for that. And appreciate young men, uh, young people that want to sing for the Lord. That's always great. Take your Bibles, open to the book of John, chapter 15. John, chapter uh, 15. Uh, again, don't forget, join us tonight, 5 o'clock, uh, for our different uh, um, classes that we have. And then uh, we have classes for every age group from kindergarten all the way up, uh, teenagers, young adults, uh, adults as well at 5 o'clock. And then right after that, we'll have an ice cream fellowship. And uh, that's, that's always a wonderful thing. Amen? Amen. Some of you can't say amen to ice cream? I'm telling you, something's, something's wrong, I'm not sure, um, but no, we'll have a great time uh, this evening with that, uh, and uh, it's always a blessing. Man, I'm telling you, it's great to, that we live in a free country, amen? amen. Um, praise the Lord for the country that we live in, and uh, it's, it's not perfect, <laughs> that's for sure, um, but we praise the Lord that it is a great country, and God has blessed it, and we're able to have the freedom even to worship, and... Uh, uh, as we are this morning, many countries cannot do that, and so we thank, thank God for that. John chapter 15, uh, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. We're going to read up through verse number 10 as we're continuing our series here. John chapter 15, and let's begin reading it in verse number 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. Men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you that we can come this morning. Thank you for the good singing. Thank you for the special music. Uh, Lord, we pray as we open your word now that you would just speak to our hearts. Uh, Lord, this is the most important part of our service. And Lord, we do ask that you would just work. And uh, Lord, just give uh, wisdom and understanding through your word. And uh, Lord, just draw us closer to you. And uh, Lord, again, we do thank you for the privilege that we have to, uh, to live in America and the blessings that you've bestowed upon her. Uh, God, we do pray that you would just continue to work, that we would have Christians that would uh, make a stand for what is right, and Lord, that you would just um, continue working through us and, and through our land. Lord, just bless the service now, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we've been going through the book of uh, John chapter 15 and um, looking at this series, Abide in Me, and uh, this is just a very powerful thing that Jesus is saying here. Last week, we looked at verses 7 and 8. Uh, on prayer and uh, how important prayer is in the life of a Christian. And again, he, he says that if ye abide in me and my words abide in you. Um, and so it's very important with the issue of prayer. But then this morning we're looking at verses 9 and 10. He says, as the father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. 
If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. I want you to think about the statement that he makes here in verse number 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Just think about that for a moment. As the Father hath loved me, Jesus says, so have I loved you. It's a powerful statement. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. How much does the Lord love us? How much does the Lord love us? Well, Jesus says, as much as the Father loves him. The Lord loves us just as much as the Father loves the Lord. Well, how much does the Father love him? Can we measure it? There's there's no way that we can measure how much the Father loves the Son. There's no way that we can measure how much God the Father loves Jesus Christ. It's, it's immeasurable. But you think about what he says. As the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Now, I know there's people that say, well, God just, there's just no way that God could ever love me. There's just nothing, there's nothing good about me. And, and you're absolutely right. There is nothing good about us. And this is the most amazing thing about this verse. God does not love us because of how good we are. Because we're not good. None of us are. Not one person is good enough to earn God's love. <laughs> and yet he still says that he loves us as much as the Father loves him. I mean, let's think about this for a moment, right? Sometimes when we read a passage of Scripture, we really forget what's going on, okay? Jesus is speaking here, but who's he speaking to? If we'll go back, we have to remember that this this is on the way to his crucifixion. Jesus is... He's left the upper room with the disciples. He's on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane where he's going to be praying for for a short period of time. And then Judas is going to come and with the the mob there, they're going to arrest Jesus. They're going to take him. They're uh, They're going to take him to trial. They're going to condemn him and they're going to crucify him. This is just hours before his crucifixion. And he's with his 11 disciples. You say, well, man, those disciples, they, they, were, they were special. Oh, they were special, all right. <laughs> I mean, think about it. He's saying, as the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Who's he speaking to? Peter? Who couldn't keep his mouth shut? He's always opening his mouth, always getting into trouble. Peter, who in just about an two-hour, three-hour time span is going to not once, not twice, but three times say, I don't know that man. He's going to deny the Lord three times? That's who he's speaking to. Peter? Thomas? 
full of doubt? Always doubting, always wondering? Philip, who wasn't content to see what was plainly before his face, always wanting to see eternal things. Remember, again, just a short time ago, Thomas says, Lord, show us the Father. We're not content to see you. We need to see the Father. Jesus says, Thomas, if you've, or Philip, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Wasn't content. How about James and John? Always fighting for who's going to be the greatest. Wanting to call fire down on people because they wouldn't believe. That's a good testimony. Lord, let's just call fire down on them. Let's just destroy him. That's, that's patience there, right? How about Matthew, who had been a tax collector for the Romans, who had not only collected taxes for the Romans, but because he had the Roman authority behind him, would cheat his own people? If they, were, if they owed $100 in taxes, he'd, he'd charge them $120 in taxes? And there was nothing the people could do because they had Roman guards there that would arrest them or do worse things to them if they tried to resist. I mean, his own people even hated him. Simon, the zealot, the nationalistic fanatic. These were the ones he's talking to. I mean... If he can look at these men and say, I want you to know something. Before before I die, I want you to know that as the Father has loved me, that's how I love you. Can I tell you something? There's nobody beyond God's love. There's nobody beyond God's love. Now, you might say, well, I don't feel God's love. Well, that's okay, because love isn't a feeling. Love is a choice. And God has chosen to love you whether you feel it or not. We didn't do anything to deserve God's love. We can't do anything to keep God's love. His love doesn't ever change. His love is just there. And he says, I want you to know, as the Father loves me, so have I loved you. But I want you to notice the second thing that he says here. What's he say at the last part of verse number nine? Continue ye in my love. Wait, what? Continue ye in my love? Continue in my love. Abide in my love. He says in verse number nine, he says, you shall abide in my love. That he says, I want you to remain. I want you to stay in this love. Again, love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. God has chosen to love us. We choose whether we will remain in his love or not. Now, we're going we're gonna to get to something in just a second. But how do we continue? How do we abide in his love? Because he's just told us, continue ye in my love. How do we continue in his love? How do we abide in his love? Well, 
Jesus never tells us to do something that he has not already done himself. He never tells us to do something that he doesn't give us the ability and the power to do it and the example set forth to do it. He says, I want you to continue in my love in the same way he says that I have continued in my father's love. Watch verse number 10. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So he says, not only does my father love me, and in that same way I love you, but he also says, I am abiding in his love, and I'm telling you to abide in my love. Just as I am staying in my father's love, I want you to stay in my love. Well, how do we do that, Lord? How do we stay in your love? How do we continue in your love? And he tells us. He gives us the example. He uses this idea of love, the Father's love. As the Father hath loved me, there's the natural love of a father to a son. There's a natural love there. Now, again, we have to understand that this love that the father has had with the son has always been. In fact, it, it predates creation. In John chapter 17, in verse number 24, he says, For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. The love of the father to the son has always been. We can't say that it ever had a beginning. It's always been because of this relationship between the father and son. There's that natural love of a father. There's the natural love of the parents for their children. And God uses, oh many, so many times God uses this example of a, a father and a child, a father and a son. The parents and a, and a child or children to show the relationship God has so that we can understand a little bit more about who God is. There's this natural love of a father to his son. Herein is my father glorified that he says in verse number eight. As the father hath loved me, verse number nine. In verse number 15, my father is the husbandman. Referring back to his father, this natural relationship, this natural love of a father and a son. But not only do we find that there is the natural love between the father and son, but there is an obedient love. There's an obedient love. Did you, did you notice what he said in verse number 10? He says, as I have kept my father's commandments. Now that, I'm going to be honest with you, that, that kind of seems a little strange, doesn't it? Jesus says, as I have kept my father's commandments. We know that the father is God the father. We know that Jesus is God the son. They are in, in the Godhead. We understand there's God the father, God the son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are co-equal. They're, they're co-eternal. They've always been. They, they have the same power. But yet, Jesus says, I have obeyed the Father's commandments. In John chapter 4, in verse number 34, when Jesus is in Samaria with the woman at the well, 
He takes time to speak to this woman because he wants her to know the love of God. And he begins to explain to her who he is, that he is the Messiah that has come to to save. The disciples go off to find food and as they return, they offer him food and Jesus says, no, I I don't need any food. And they begin to question, well, how did he get food? And, And this is his response. Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Jesus says, my purpose here is to do the work of the Father. My purpose is to do his work and finish it. He has a purpose for me and I want to fulfill that purpose and finish it. In John chapter 14 and verse 31, he says, but that the world may know that I love the Father. Isn't that interesting? Jesus says, I want the world to know that I love the Father. What does he say? And as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. I want the world to know that I love the Father. How is the world going to know that that Jesus loves the Father? He says, I've kept his commandments. Whatever he wanted me to do, I have done. Everything. I've done even in just a few short hours when he goes into the garden of Gethsemane and he's praying what is he going to pray father if it be possible let this cup pass from me nevertheless not my will but thy will be done what did he want he wanted the father He wanted people to know his love for the Father in his obedience to the Father in everything. Now, again, please don't misunderstand this. Jesus is not saying he's any less than the Father. He's not. He's equal. He is equal with the Father. He said, well, then why is he having to obey the Father? Because God is a God of order. God says all things are to be done decently and in order. That's why in everything we find, there's, there's an order to it. Right? When you, when you look at the home, there's an order to it. When you look at the church, there's an order to it. You look at the government, there's supposed to be an order to it. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's, there's an order to things. And even in the Godhead, there's an order. Yes, we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting that we always say it that way? We don't ever say God the Holy Spirit, God the Son, God the Father. We don't, we don't say God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. We don't say God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God the Father. We say God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Why? There's an order. It doesn't mean that the Son is less than the Father. It doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is less God than the Father or the Son. No, they are co-equal. They are equal in every aspect. But there is an order to it. And Jesus Christ, the Son, says... I want to make sure that in all that I do, that everyone knows the love that I have for the Father. I want the world to know, but that the world may know that I love the Father. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 7, he said, Then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Jesus says, I'm here to do the will of God. I want... It to be known that I love the Father. I know the Father loves me, but I want it to be known that I love Him. 
Now watch what happens. There's this natural love. There's this obedient love. But then there is a supreme love. Think about this. How many times, again, just in this short passage, do we find the father being mentioned? He's mentioned over and over. And as you continue reading, the fathers continue to be mentioned. Why? Because Jesus is showing that, yes, he is God. And yes, he is part of the Godhead. But he wants the father to be glorified in all that he does. He wants it to be known that the father is the most important. The father is to be first. Turn, your, turn with me to the book of Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Notice in verse number 8. Well, let's, let's start back up in verse number 5. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So the same thoughts, the same idea that is in Christ, the same mind of Christ, he says, I want that to be in you. I want this to be your mindset. Okay? What is that? Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. There it is. He is equal with God. He's equal with the Father. He's equal with the Holy Spirit. But he's not taking anything from them by being equal with them. Watch what he says. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He put the father first in all that he did, even to the point of death. He said, God, I want you to be glorified in all that I do. I want people to know that I love you, even in his death. But watch, watch what happens here. Verse number nine, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, Jesus, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Think about this. Jesus says, God, I want to, I want to exalt you in all that I do. I want you to be lifted up. I want you to be first. I'm going to do everything that you tell me to do. I want you to be glorified. I want you to be supreme. And then God says, because your love, because of your love, I want to glorify you as well. God the Father glorifies the Son. And he lifts the Son up. He says, hey, your name is going to be above every name. Every knee is going to bow before you one day. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why? Because even that brings glory to the Father. You see, both in this love of the Father and the Son, the Father loves the Son, and the Son is proving His love to the Father by following Him and obeying Him and glorifying Him. And it's, it's reciprocal. As the Son glorifies the Father, the Father glorifies the Son. And so think about what He says back in John. As the Father hath loved me. So in the same way that God the Father loves God the Son. It's unmeasurable. You, you, can't, 
you can't put any type of, of measurement on it. It's, it's, you just can't even describe it. And he says, so have I loved you. This is the love that I have for you as well. Continue ye in my love. So how do we do that? Again, we're going to follow Christ's example. Watch verse number 10. And just as we saw in verse number 7 on the issue of prayer, there's a very important word at the beginning of verse number 7. It's if. And the same thing we find in verse number 10, another very important word that has to do with continuing in his love. He says, if. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. He says, if, again, you have this, this natural love here. Jesus is te- speaking to the disciples and he's saying, I-, I-, I want you to know that I love you. This natural love. Well, why is he telling the disciples this? And how do we know that, that we can abide or experience God's love? Well, because the Bible tells us at the beginning of John, in John chapter 1, in verse number 12, he says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I think maybe most people would probably be familiar with the, probably the most well-known verse in all the Bible that speaks about Jesus and love, right? I mean, even as kids in in Sunday school, we teach them the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, right? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We we talk about God's love, but he says, look, I I want you to understand something. I love you and he loves the world for God so loved the world but again remember love is not a feeling love is a choice God says I love the world I have loved you even though you are lost even though you are sinners even though you're without Christ even as he was speaking the disciples even though Peter I know in just another hour or two you're going to deny me I still love you I know, Thomas, you're going to doubt that I'm going to rise again. But you know what? I still love you. He, he says this love is not an emotion. It is, it is a choice. He's making this choice. And he says in the same manner, just as the Father chose to love, we have to choose to love in return. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God says, I love you, and this love is is beyond measure. You can't even imagine what this love is, but you have to choose to receive it. You have to choose to accept this love. If you don't accept it, you don't get it. It's there, it's available, but if you don't receive it as your own. And this is what he says here in John chapter 1. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. He offers this love, he offers this gift of eternal life that is through Jesus Christ. But it's 
must be received. There's a choice. We don't receive this love because we're good, because none of us are good. We don't receive this love because we join a church. Churches don't do that. Churches cannot forgive sins. People cannot forgive sins. Look, I, I, wish, I wish a pastor or somebody would be able to say, hey, I, I wish we could forgive sins, but we can't. It'd be nice to be able to just go around and say, your sins are forgiven and your sins are forgiven and your sins are forgiven. That'd be really nice, but we can't do that. You know why? Because I'm a sinner too. I'm a sinner just like you are. We are we're all sinners. We can't forgive each other's sins. That's why Jesus Christ had to come and die on the cross because only he and he alone is perfect. And he offers that love. And he says, if you'll receive him, you can become a child of God. And when we become a child of God, guess what we get? His love. The love that the Father has for the Son and the, the love that the Son has for us. We can receive that. It's that natural love. We become God's children and that love is there. But in the same way that there is a natural love, there is also to be an obedient love. Again, think about this with me. Just as Christ, as Jesus kept his father's commandments, so he wants us to keep his commandments. He says, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Now, again, I know sometimes we, we kind of misunderstand things. We have this idea that if I'm going to remain in love, then there shouldn't be any commandments, right? I mean, if it, it's got kind of the idea of freedom. If I'm free, then there shouldn't be any laws. No, freedom is not the absence of law. Freedom is the freedom to do anything that you please within the law. Even in the song that we sang, um, America the Beautiful, it talked about the liberty within the law. Look, you can, you can get in a, a vehicle and you can drive anywhere that you want to in the United States. You have that freedom. You have that freedom. You don't have the freedom to drive as fast as you want, though. Some of you do it anyway. No, we have the freedom. We can go anywhere we choose as long as we remain within the law. The same thing. We, when we accept Christ as our Savior, it's not... People have this idea, well, now that I'm saved, now that I have my sins forgiven, I can just do whatever I want. No, 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 no. Freedom is not the absence of law. Freedom is not the absence of commandments. Yes, we can be the child of God, but there are still commandments that he wants us to follow. Think about it. Jesus himself said, I have kept my father's commandments. Even Jesus kept commandments. And he says, now I want you to keep them as well. I want you to keep my commandments. Now, please, when, when, it, when a child, when a person has accepted Christ as their savior, right? And, and please don't misunderstand this, right? I have, I have six children. When they were born into my home, I love them. My wife loves them most of the time. Um, 
When they were born into my home, they were ours. They're ours. They're our kids. And we love them. That love doesn't change. But to abide in that love, for them to continue in that love, guess what they need to do? They have to obey mom and dad. Now, the love doesn't change. It's just they're not going to be able to abide in it. They're not going to be able to continue in it if they're being disobedient and rebellious. Now, they can be disobedient and rebellious, and guess what? They're still my child. Just because they are disobedient and rebellious doesn't mean they stop being my child. And many times we have this idea, well, if I'm saved, then I have to, if I don't keep all the commandments that God says, then somehow he kicks me out and I'm not his child anymore. Can I tell you, you will never find that in Scripture. Never find that in Scripture. He says we are to keep his commandments to abide, to continue in his love. He didn't say to remain his child. Isn't that wonderful? Because here's the thing. If we had to keep his commandments to remain his child, none of us would be able to remain. Because we all fail. We all fail. But he said, I want you to keep my commandments to abide in my love, to remain in my love. Look, you, you understand, if you, have, if you have children, don't look at me like I'm the one that's got a problem here, all right? If you've got kids, you know, what, you know what it's like. There are some days when they are just sweet and they are just amazing and lovable and, and just, I, they just, they just do everything right. And you're like, today he's my kid. And then the very same kid, the very next day, is a demon. <laughs> He's a monster. And you're like, that's my wife's kid. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what happened? You know, one day he's great, and another day he's not so great. But guess what? Still my kids. I, I still claim him as mine. Still my kids. But let me ask you this. When they're just super great and they're being obedient and they're being respectful and they're doing all the things and they're abiding in your love, isn't it much easier to be able to say, hey, you know what? You want to go get an ice cream? You want to get an ice cream? But when they're my wife's kids, and they are there is no way we're going to get an ice cream you know what I'm talking about yeah that's exactly what Jesus is talking about if ye keep my commandments what does he say ye shall abide in my love just as he kept his father's commandments, he wants us to keep his commandments. He wants us to follow him. He wants us to seek him. That's why he says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six, right? He says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
But he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He wants us to walk with him. He wants us to obey him. He wants us to follow him just as he obeyed his father's commandments. Why? What did he say? He said, Lord, I want the world to know that I love you. And how? By my obedience to your commandments. And Jesus says the same way. I want you to show the world your love for me. Hey, he's already shown us his love. Right? He gave his life for us. He's already shown us his love. He let the world know his love for us in giving his life. He says, now I want you to show the world that you love me. How do we do that? Oh, I love, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Isn't that what we think? Well, we'll just say it. That's not what he said. He didn't say say it. He said show it. Show it. I want you to show it. Keep my commandments. You listen to what I say. You do what I say. That shows the world how much you love him. Just as what he did. He didn't just say, I love you. Now figure out how to get to me on your own. No, no. He said, I love you and I'm going to come and I'm going to give my life for you so that you can be with me if you'll accept me. And then he says, those who have accepted me, he says, now, Peter, yeah, I know you've got a problem with your mouth. I know you're going to deny me. Thomas, I know you're doubting. You know, John and, 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 and James, I know you've got a problem with pride and things. And I know all of you have problems with these different things. But he said, I want you to know, I love you. You say, but you don't understand what problems I have. I don't have to understand what problems you have. Jesus does, and he says he loves you. You say, well, I don't think he can. It's not a feeling. It's a choice, and he's already made the choice. He's already made the choice. The question is, is will you accept it? Will you accept his love? Will you accept the payment that he's made for you on the cross? That's a choice you have to make. It's a choice that no one else can make for you. But Christian, if you've accepted that choice and you said, yes, I've accepted his love, I've accepted what he did for me on the cross, you have a choice to make. You have to choose whether you will show that you love him or not. Whether you will keep his commandments, will you, whether you will get in his word and say, Lord, yes, I see what you say and I will do that. You say, but I just don't understand it sometimes, and I don't know if I want to do that. So? Jesus said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. Jesus said, Lord, if there's some other way, I'd I'd really like to find another way. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Look, can I say, it's okay to say, God, I don't understand. And God, I don't know how this is going to work out. And God, if if there's some other way, I'd really like it to be another way. But if that's where you stop, that's where it's wrong. 
But Lord, I may not understand it. And Lord, I may, not, I may want a different way, but Lord, not my will. Not what I want. God, what do you want? Lord, what is your will for my life? What do you want? You see, again, this goes back to him, that, that supreme love. It's not just natural. It's not just an obedient love. It is a supreme love. He is to be first in our life. What does he say in, in the book of Luke chapter 9? In Luke chapter 9, in verse number 23. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus said, look, if you really want to be my disciple, I must be first. I must be first. You must be willing to deny yourself, deny what you want, and follow me. Jesus said, Father, I want you to be first. And even if it means my death, I want you to be first. I want you to be glorified. And now he's saying, look, I'm not asking you to do anything that I haven't done. I put the Father first above me. I put the Father more than me. I put the Father first, and I did what he wanted me to do. And I'm asking you to do the same thing. Put me first. Jesus says, put me first. Above yourself, above your plans, above your desires, above your dreams, whatever it is. Why? Because if we put anything else before him, that is now what is supreme to us. That's now what is the most important thing. That could be a job. It could be family. It could be money. Whatever it could be. Whatever we put before him becomes our God. And God said, I don't want any other God before me. And if you're going to keep my commandments, you need to put me first. Jesus must be first. Are we willing to really put him as supreme? And say that he is first? This is what he says. Again, think about this. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. He's, He's giving us a thought. We have to think about this. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. How do we do that, Lord? Here's how. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. If you'll follow me, if you'll trust me, if you'll put me first, if you'll do what I say, you will be able to abide in my love. Again, it's not, it's not a remaining his child. No, no, no. That's already taken care of when we accept him. But abiding in it, following him, listening to him. Again, think about this. If there, it, when, Jesus, when Jesus was on the earth, even growing up as a, as a baby and, and growing up all throughout his life, growing up in the home of Mary and Martha, not, and we can't even imagine how small it would have to be, but not a, an ounce, not a speck of rebellion, not, not an ounce, not a speck of attitude. Would you like to have a teenager with no attitude, right? I mean, not, not any. As he begins to minister, And people begin to follow him. We're talking thousands and thousands of people following him. How many 
You had a long day at work. You know, things are just not going well. Maybe home life, maybe work life, whatever it is. You're in the grocery store. You're going along. And somebody just bumps your cart. You just bump your cart. And you want to, like, tell them off. Can't you see where you're going? Open your eyes. What's wrong with you? I'm right here. I mean, what's, what's the deal? Heaven forbid that they take your parking spot that you were waiting for, right? I mean, just, just think about this. Think about all the people that were around him. Never one time. Get, get away. Stop touching me. You ever heard that in the car? Stop touching me. Stop touching me. <laughs> never. Never was there an annoyance in him towards those that were around him, constantly pressuring him. Never was he like, just leave me alone. Go away. I don't want to see you anymore. Never one ounce of that. Why? Because his whole desire was to be obedient to the Father's will. So that through his life and all that he did, it glorified the Father and showed all of those around his love for the Father. And he says, now, watch. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. He says, I'm not asking you to do anything that I haven't done myself. He said, well, he's Jesus, he's God. Yeah. And he was willing to keep his Father's commandments. He was willing to humble himself and become a servant. He was willing to say, Father, not my will, but thine be done. Now let's think about it. Who really has the greater decision to make? God humbling himself before the Father to keep his commandments? Or you and I who are creation, created beings, humbling ourselves before our creator and saying, God, I'll keep your commandments. I think if Jesus could do it, I think he says you can do it too. He's not asking us to do anything that he hasn't done. And he says, I want you to continue in my love. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments. If you'll follow me. If you'll put me first. That natural love between a father and a son. That obedient love. That supreme love that he is to be first. You see, abiding in his father's love was evidenced by keeping his father's commandments. Abiding in Christ's love is evidenced by keeping his commandments. His love never changes. It's always there. But the question is, are we abiding in it? Are we continuing in it? Are we walking in it? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking about this morning.
Can I ask you just a very, very serious question? If you're here this morning, have you received the Father's love? I didn't ask if you've been to church. didn't ask if you've done good things or kept the Ten Commandments. No, that's not what I'm asking. Not asking if you've been baptized, not asking if you've joined a church. Have you accepted Jesus' love? Do you know for sure that if you were to die today, that your sins are forgiven and that you would be at the Lord Jesus Christ for all of eternity? He offers that to you through his love. And giving himself on the cross, he chose to love you and me. And he offers you the choice to receive. He cannot force you. The choice must be yours. I wonder maybe if there's somebody here this morning, no one's looking about, that you'd say, Pastor, I would like to know that love. I would like to receive that love that he offers and know how I can have my sins forgiven. Say, Pastor, that's me. Would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? Just slip it up, put it right back down. Nobody else is looking about. Pastor, would you pray for me? I'd like to know how to have that love. And Christian, can I ask you, if you've received that love, if you know Christ as your Savior, does the world know that we love Him? Does the world know that we love him? Well, how does the world know? If we keep his commandments. Does the world see that love through us? That we love the Lord because he first loved us. And we want everyone to know that we love him. So Lord, whatever you want, it's yours. It's not hard to obey Because, Lord, I know you love me. And, Lord, I want you to know that I love you. And I want the world to know that I love you. He says, continue ye in my love. Father, I pray you would work in our hearts this morning. Lord, that we would continue in your love. To allow the world to see Not just that you love them, but Lord, that we love you. Work in our hearts this morning as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.